0: what is up guys and welcome back to the sweated out podcast i'm excited for today's guest she's an amazing person actually she's been a client of mine for a while and she's doing amazing things in her industry and been waiting for this one for a while she is a tremendous health and wellness coach helping busy professionals quit sugar and reclaim their lives through lchf nutrition fitness mindset and lifestyle changes help us welcome the one and only megan hempel how's it going
1: Good. Thank you so much for having me
0: on here. Of course, for having you. We've been talking about it for a little bit, so you're now on.
1: I'm we're Making here. it happen.
0: No, we're making we're, it happen. We're really excited because you know not not only because you know you've been such an amazing individual to coach and see grow and the things you're doing, but also too because you know. The story that you have to share and the things that you've gone through, the way you've built yourself up, the adversity you've, you've faced to where it's led you to become now as an entrepreneur and a mom. I think it's incredible. And I think and all of our listeners are going to be able to really, really uh, dive into this one. Thank you. So, so Megan, t- take us to Megan back in the day. Was Megan always this health and wellness individual? Was she always consumed into this lifestyle? Was this something that just came out? as you face certain challenges through your life?
1: Um, yes, definitely. Um, no, I was not always healthy at all. Um, my story is extremely, extremely lengthy. Um, if you want me to get a little bit into that and kind of tell you, you know, definitely. where dive it has into led it. me today. All it. All right, I'm going to dive it. into it. it. So up. it's... It's super lengthy, so I'm going to do my best to um, go through it as quickly and hit the bullet points. So uh, basically, my journey really started uh, probably around age nine. Um, I was an extremely obsessive, compulsive child. Um, My parents put me in and out of therapy. Um, They thought they were doing the best for me. Nothing was working. So they thought the best option was to medicate me. So I was medicated. At a very young age, Uh, after being medicated, I started to struggle with severe um, anxiety and depression. Um, My childhood, basically, um, looking back, it was 100% taken away from me. I grew up uh, living like a zombie. Um, I was friends with everybody, but behind the curtain, um, I was suicidal, I was angry. Um, I gained a lot, a lot of weight on these medications, which led to eventually an eating disorder down the road, uh, from childhood bullies calling me fat. Um, so all of this, this messy stuff. Um, and so, um, my cognition was terrible growing up. I was, I was in a fog school, um, was very, very difficult for me. I couldn't ever remember anything. So studies were very, very hard. So I grew up thinking that I was stupid and 16 age 16 came around i was like you know what if i don't have anything to offer the world maybe i can be pretty maybe i can look good and then i can offer that to them so that's when i got into the gym um 16 is when i kind of got into the fitness world and i loved it i saw results and it actually started to become an addiction i was addicted to the fitness Um, aspect of it Um, but I also started dabbling with binging and purging purging through exercise and also purging food Um, and um, I had always had had an undying appetite which stems back um, from the medications like no food could was ever enough it just used to soothe Um, so but during this time um, being 16 and you know you know, I didn't look at myself as having an eating disorder. I didn't at all. Um, so speed it up a little bit, um, during from 16 to 20, um, I'm feeling good. Um, I'm still, you know, on a cocktail of medications, um, at this time, but I was feeling better in my body. So, uh, age 20, I got pregnant. I was young and dumb. Um, I knew my daughter's father for three weeks. um, And I remember going to the doctor's office um, to get on birth control. And that is when I was told that I was pregnant. And the doctor told me right then and there, she told me I was stupid. She said, you were stupid for thinking that you could not get pregnant. So here I am, 20 years old. I'm a baby having a baby. Um, I grew up in a super strict Baptist um home. Um and in my family, um, abortion was completely out of the picture. Um, but in that moment, uh, that was I was it. I was like, I'm doing it. I am doing it. But I thought about it and I knew in my heart I could not live with myself. And I it was it, I had this moment, it was like a God moment. And and it sounds really, really weird, but it was like, you know what, Megan, do what you're supposed to, and I will bless you. And that stuck with me. And so During my pregnancy, I gained over two, I didn't gain over 200 pounds. When I got home from the hospital, I was 200 pounds. So I immediately, after I had my child, got back in the gym. And there I was with the disordered, you know, gym addiction, eating issues. Um, So speed things up a little bit. Age 25, I'm doing what I have to do to survive, working multiple jobs. I'm nannying. And here I am, absolutely miserable, um, just trying to survive. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, um, who am I, who am I? I have been on medications my entire life. What if there are these, these drugs are holding me back. I was on Adderall. Um, also for ADD, ADHD, like the whole world has it because why, why, why would we all be able to stay focused in the fast paced world we live in? Right. So, but I was really taking Adderall to compensate for my exhaustion from the other drugs that I was on because they made me so tired. I mean, I couldn't make it through a day without taking a nap, so I'd have to take Adderall. So anyways, I had a friend who encouraged me to um, research and he was like, "Meg, you should really think about getting off these drugs. I thought he was out of his mind. So I found a book, it was called Anatomy of an Epidemic. This book changed my life for forever. Uh, to sum it up, it was basically, you know, um, what these drugs are doing to people. These pharmaceutical drugs that doctors are just so easily prescribing to us. And I had a moment of just anger and sadness, and my whole life just started to make sense. And I was like, oh my gosh. So what I did, I do not ever, ever recommend anyone ever doing. I was so angry that I cold turkey off of these drugs. Very, very, very bad. I just didn't know it at the time. It messed me up for five years. I went through five years of psychiatric drug withdrawal, um, which is another topic. But um, if I can explain it, it's like dealing with a head injury. Um, I barely could get out of bed, couldn't function, I couldn't think. But I knew that this was all part of the process. I knew that it was part of the psychiatric drug withdrawal. And the only way to the other side was through. So, during this difficult time, not only did I have to work and be a mom, um, I uh, here I am with the sadness and this mess, and um, I did not want to play victim. Big Pharma had already taken so much life for me, I was not going to allow them to take any more. So, I picked up the pieces and I said, you know what, I'm going to make something beautiful out of this mess. So, during those five years of psychiatric drug withdrawal, I... Uh, achieved more than I ever had in my entire life. I um, became a a personal trainer, started to pursue fitness um, as work. Um, But I was like, you know what, I'm not making enough to survive right now. So what could I do with my my, my endurance and, and my strength? So I decided to pursue the fire service. So, it took me about two years to um, not to. So, I, I chose the fire service not only for the strength and, and the endurance part, but because I can't work nine to five. I've never been able to work nine to five. I'll go freaking crazy. So, it um, took me about two years to get all of my credentials, two years to get them. And then I got my full time position. Two months into my full time career, I had a really bad accident on the job. I fell backwards out of the ambulance on an EMS call, landed on my head, went unconscious, and suffered from a traumatic brain injury. And I got came out of it, I was only unconscious for like a minute, and I thought I was going to be fine. Um, and I wasn't. So lost my entire career. So here I am in this mess. I had worked so hard to dig myself out of all of the other struggles. And right when I started to think that life was gonna get good, it got worse. So once again, here I am picking up the pieces, Um, but it ended up being the biggest blessing that could have ever happened to me because it was God's way of pushing me into my true purpose, which is where I am at today with uh, coaching individuals to live better lives.
2: And how did you get into coaching? Did you always knew that you wanted to be a coach one day and help others go through the, going through the same journey as you and guide them?
1: So it's kind of funny because I remember um, even, you know, before my accident, yes, through through like all the other struggles I was going through in the past, I was like, you know what? I'd love to be a life coach someday or some sort of coach, I just didn't know what that was going to look like. And so when I lost my entire career, I was like, okay, I knew that I didn't want to ever go back to working for somebody else. I knew that. Um, and so it, it pushed me to kind of just like, okay, what are we going to do now? And here I am now, literally living my dream life, doing all of the things that I want to do and helping people. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's kind of funny how, it's so hard to understand all of the struggles, um, when you're going through them. But every single one that I have been through has made me into the person that I am today. And I can look back now and I'm like, Oh, that had to happen. If that didn't happen, I I wouldn't be here where I am today. So.
0: And I would always say, you know, your struggles, you know, make you who you are and it makes you be able to help other people more powerfully because you experienced something that either they did go through or they didn't go through. So you can either relate with them or you can show them how they can avoid something. And, you know, right there alone, you're setting that example. So when you, when you work with clients, you know, um, and, and you going through a lot of these things, what were, what are some of the common lines you see a lot with your clients that you are able to help them with based on your experience yourself that you've gone through dealing with these disorders of eating and, the, you know, facing some of these traumas with the medications, I'm sure you get a lot of clients who have, you've helped them maybe possibly get out of med off their medications or have dealt with these disorders before.
1: Yeah. So I think that I am extremely, extremely relatable and I've been through so many different intricate, uh, struggles that I feel like when somebody comes to me, I can 100% relate to them, but I can also give them guidance on that issue or on that topic.
0: Which is powerful. It's 100% powerful. And I will tell you right now that one thing to separate yourself apart from from other individuals in, in your respective industry is being able to find something you can relate with, with a certain target demographic. And right there, you know, you have that going on for you. So moving into the industry, you're starting your coach. You just came off these injuries. You came off these experiences. You literally invested two years into in the paramedics firefighting you know industry and two months in you get hurt you have a setback where'd you start how'd you start that coaching career how'd you start the business like how'd you find the willpower how'd you even begin the business where'd you learn because that's not easy
1: yeah no it's not so i um as i had told you i had had a, a really bad eating disorder um and oh, I, did I tell you that part? I had a really bad eating disorder yeah. and sugar addiction and food addiction. And um, in in my world, um, I don't I don't eat processed sugars. I don't. Um, and I, I call myself food sober. People that are in my you know I don't know food sober space, um, we we avoid um, foods that, um, hurt us. Um, sugar is like heroin to us. Basically we don't touch it. We completely abstain. And so when I had had my injury, I had been, um, I had been food sober and I was already eating extremely healthy and doing all of the things for myself, but I got, was getting in a very, very deep depression and I was catching myself wanting to slip and going back into unhealthy behaviors and patterns because I was in a really bad mental space. So I recognized that and I reached out for help. And that's when I um, actually hired my own health coach. Um, and also one of my best friends who happened to be one of my doctors, um, my health coach and and my own personal, you know, chiropractor, um, both of them, they were like, I remember being on calls with them and then being on my doctor's bed, just crying, just being like, I don't know what to do. And they were like, what do you want to do with your life? Like, where do you see yourself? And I go, I just know I'm supposed to help people. I don't know what that's supposed to look like, but I, I think I want to be a health coach. I think, because that's what I know I've gotten through my struggles. I remember um, there was multiple times. um, So while I was, I I had been in the fitness industry, just not not what I'm doing now. Um, And I had been preaching health and fitness or health and wellness for years, but I was not healthy. I was basically a fraud because I was binging and purging and very unhealthy things. So I called myself out on being basically a fraud. And I remember thinking to myself, if I ever figure out a way to overcome my own personal struggles, I'm going to help others do the same. And I achieved that I overcame them. So now that, you know, I had to come up with, I guess you could call it plan B and create a new career for myself. I was like, you know what? I want to help people do that. That's what I'm going to help people do. Um, so that kind of my coaches, um, kind of directed me and helped me kind of, um, like, um, start my own business. They, they encouraged me to it. The one thing that was holding me back, Anthony and Brian was fear. Like I can't do that. I can't make a living off of, yeah. you know, online health coaching. You think that, no though? way. Why'd you think that? I'm sorry.
0: Why'd you think that?
1: Um, um, fear, fear. I, I think it was just, um, the unknown, uh, which I have proven myself wrong because I've, I'm doing very well right now. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was a matter of taking that leap and jumping and, and believing in it. And I think, um, my coach, she says, you know, if it's meant for you, it it, it becomes almost a divine intervention. Your clients, they, they come to you and they find you. Um, and, and really that's, that's what has happened.
2: What's amazing is that you, I listen to you and I can tell that there's no fear in you. And the fact that you even went cold turkey, you took all your medications, you stopped that—that that, that right there for me would be fearful. And you were able to notice that these were these things were holding you back. i, I was actually surprised from what you said. Of um, it took five years to get to get out of that. I didn't That's know. Crazy. I didn't even know yeah. that there's a five year period like that.
1: Well, so this is the thing, and that's why I say do not ever cold turkey. If if I had done a slow taper, which I strongly suggest, if anyone ever decides that they want to come off of medications um, – well, I'm not. I don't want anyone to think that I am trash talking doctors by any means because we do need them. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of doctors don't even know how to safely taper patients. So um, there's a really good resource. Um, it's called Inner Compass. Um, initiative i think it is and it basically it it is a website that um my friend uh, laura delano actually created and it is to help people safely taper off of medications and i feel like if you safely taper off of them uh you probably well hopefully you don't have to deal with five years of psychiatric juggle jaw
2: and then there's another thing too because the fact that you overcame that and you've challenged the fear and you beat it a lot of people get hung up on the analysis of the business. They go into analysis process. They start thinking that they need a lot of money. They start thinking that they need all these connections. They need. They find a thousand excuses, but to find an answer, when little do they know, the answer is in them. How important is it to strengthen your mind? And what are some techniques that you recommend to our audience on how to strengthen your mind to build a mindset that's winning, that's hungry, that's willing to take it to the next level?
1: Yeah. So, um, I grew up most of my life anxious, afraid of everything, literally like debilitated anxiety. I was that girl and it held me back for so many freaking years. And so what I say, if it scares you, if it scares the shit out of you, you have to do it. You have to challenge it. And you do that so many times Eventually, nothing is going to, nothing's going to scare you. Nothing is going to freak you out. It's just, honestly, it's practice and repetition and always throwing yourself in just fire. I always like to say, what's the worst that's going to happen? Someone's going to say no. Someone's not going to like you. Like, did you die? No. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. I I, I tell people all the time, the the best way to figure something out or the best way to build thick skin is by putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations that you know are going to help you succeed. And constant repetition of doing that over and over again, it's gonna it's gonna one hundred percent build a bulletproof mindset and a thick skin to be able to get through practically anything. So it's you know the fact that your whole story from where you went from when you started to where you're at now, there's a lot that you had to face, a lot of uncomfortability, um, you know, a lot of moments of of facing that of, of going through that adversity because you know it's it's not easy to to fall into what you fell into and then get out of that multiple times now when it comes to your client specifically when you're working with them and they're facing these facing issues what is the first thing you look at when you're dealing with a client when they're dealing with disorders um, bad habits uh, food injure, food problems how do you start peeling back and how do you start creating a plan for that individual
1: so i always like to because most of my coaching right now it's health coaching um i do deal with a i would say my niche so my niche is the ketogenic lifestyle um and i have a handful uh a lot of my clients are sugar addicts um the dsm a lot of uh in the world of medicine sugar addiction is not real um but it 100% is um and so i think once you um you, I, I get into the relationship with, with food with them. Like, what does your relationship with food look like? Are you a moderator or, or are you an abstainer? So I'll give you an example of a, a moderator. A moderator is somebody like, if I gave you a cookie, are you good with one cookie or do you eat the whole freaking box? Or are you somebody that can have one cookie and be good with one cookie? So that's, that's where I start Um, and then I I get into the education, like really, really teach them on why we're doing what we're doing. Okay. So in, um, our current diet culture, the majority preaches, everything in moderation, balance this, balance that. Well, that does not work for a sugar addict. That would like be telling an alcoholic, Hey, just have one beer or a heroin addict. Just shoot up one more time. It's fine. Like it doesn't work like that with a sugar addict. So really, um, educating them, working on the relationship with food. Um, I'm kind of like a sponsor for uh, like an alcoholic, right? He, they have sponsors. They check in with their sponsors every day. My clients check in with me every single day. They're sending me their food pictures. I'm educating them on why they're eating what they're eating. Um, we work on emotional eating. Um, so I I give them tools to cope, but I think the education piece is huge because the uh, knowledge is power, right? The more, you know, um, like like the more, you know, about what you're putting inside of your body, you know, have to time A lot of people no longer even want it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention. So the processed foods that we eat today, they are literally engineered to be addicting because if they are, what does that mean? That means more profit. So, um, yeah,
2: it's crazy because every, everything's interconnected. I, there's just conspiracy people have that pharmaceuticals connected to the the food big, supply
1: yeah and big i think food and big pharma are the biggest money like hungry industries in the world
0: yes
2: 100 percent. and i and i feel that they are connected because you know there's these uh synthetic or genetic modified uh um what's the seeds that they plant that once they they germinate or they grow or whatever they die and that's it you have to keep buying more and that's not a natural process that's modified and people don't know that they're consuming these things so what is the, I guess, the future of food and how people should relate their eating habits? Because this is starting to become more of an awareness. A lot of people are aware mm-hmm. of organic food. Then when they look at ingredients, if they see more than four or five. They're not buying it. Do you feel that the future is going that way and the industry is going to trend that way? Or what do you think?
1: I I mean, I, I wish I could say that, but I mean, I feel like... Um, huge, massive corporations, like, you know, the fake meat. And we have moved so far away from health. Like it's, it's almost a joke. Like people will, and it's sad too, because people true, I think a lot of people really do want to be healthy. They just don't know. Um, So I would love to think that we were moving closer towards health, but sometimes I think we're moving on the complete opposite because, you know, we got Bill Gates, who's frigging pushing, you know, fake meat and, you know, all of these vegan products that are highly processed and so far from healthy. Um, but what I think as health coaches, right. Um, I think all we can do is keep just educating people, right? Like I, like a lot of people will trash talk, low carb and ketogenic. Um, and I think there is a time and a place for it. And I'm not saying it works for everybody, but it is restoring people's lives. It's saving lives. It's reversing autoimmune diseases. It's reversing type two diabetes, obesity, um, brain injuries. I use that like a huge, it's a huge healing remedy for my brain some days when I have higher carb days and a higher carb day for me, is probably like 50 or 60 carbs, which is from, it's just me eating more veggies and fruits. I know that my brain function isn't as optimal as if I'm lower carb because my brain functions a lot, much more optimal when my ketones are higher. So if my ketones are higher, I mean, if my carbs are higher, my ketones are going to be lower. So, um, it's just, I really teach my clients to eat from the earth, right? Like, You know, if you can, if you have local farms, shop from your local farmer, if you have farmers markets, try to, you know, support your farmers by, you know, buying, um, you know, farm fresh vegetables, stuff like that. Um, But at the end of the day, we just got to keep educating people because, um, unfortunately, you would have thought that covid and everything that we've been through as a nation in this last couple of years you you would have hoped that um people would have started to get a little more healthy i mean 88 percent of americans are metabolically unhealthy who's at higher risk for covid with uh, the metabolically unhealthy right they don't talk about it they don't talk about it because it's all false information
2: it's funny because um (laughs) people who who have cancer when they're getting a chemo or they're getting treated the first thing doctors recommend is a low sugar to no sugar diet because cancer survives off of sugar Um, remove processed foods more veggies and then uh, i guess eat more kosher or more uh, healthier food and it's funny because going back into what we said about the the vegan craze that's going on those the fake meat. The other day I went to a supermarket here and I saw that a patty was like, eight hundred calories, seven hundred calories, and that was just one patty compared to a normal regular beef that yeah it's, getting, it's being fed uh, corn, but it's still healthier than any a fake genetic meat that's that's in
0: the. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's full the of canola oil exactly. and
1: sunflower oil. Yeah, yep. seed oils.
0: Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, look at some of those Beyond brands. <gasps>
1: Oh my gosh. Or the little hot dogs that they do that look like disgusting little wieners. It's gross. So
0: how do you, let's say you get somebody who's been accustomed to that and they believe it's healthy for them. How do you start slowly getting them out of that and, and adjusting so, to a different, uh, you know, a, a much healthier philosophy and practice?
1: Yeah. So, um, typically before every client, you know, signs on with me, I do a discovery call with them and I tell them what they are signing up for, you know, with my program in terms of a ketogenic lifestyle, you know, you're, you're going to be cutting processed sugars. You are going to basically be unlearning and relearning everything you've ever known. So if somebody comes to me and, and I've had this happen before and and they've told me, you know, I am, I'm a vegan, um i only eat you know x y and Z. i i'm honest with them and i say look if that is the case and you aren't open to new ways then we're probably uh, we're, we're not going to be the greatest fit for one another because i am very very passionate about what i teach and um in most vegans if you've ever met any uh, they're hardcore, like hardcore vegans. And you know what? If that, if that's what you like, all the power to you. But I don't believe in that. Uh, you don't get the nutrients that you need uh, in a vegan diet. There's going to be lots of deficiencies. So I, it would not be honorable of me to try and teach somebody keto vegan. So and I, I'm straight up and I'm honest with them.
2: Now, what about people who are taking supplements like protein shakes or they're taking like vitamins? Mm-hmm. Should they even think about doing that? Let's say they're not getting the, the right nutrients.
1: So, um, another thing with, um, protein shakes, you don't know a lot of protein shakes these days have heavy metals in them and other toxins that you don't even know about. Uh, so one, um, I always try to preach eat from the earth, not to mention protein, uh, protein supplements, synthetic supplements. I'm sure there's a time and a place for them. However, they spike your insulin, uh, a lot higher than actual real food does. Um if I mean obviously if you got nothing else on you, I rather you go for a protein shake than, you know, going to McDonald's or something. I mean it's a better option. But honestly, I think because you know, of our fast paced world, right? Everybody just, they want something now. I don't have time. I don't have time. Well, guess what? You need to prioritize, okay? You take 10 minutes out of your day and throw a friggin' steak on the frying pan. Like it takes you 10 minutes. That's it. Like how important is your health to you? Or you don't have time? Go to a friggin' restaurant, order a slab of meat and a salad. Like it's not that difficult. Um, So supplements too, um, how much nutrients are you really getting out of that supplements? That's another thing that the, the FITSPO world pushes on. Oh, take your supplements, take your da- daily vitamins. Um, I, like I said, I think there's a time and a place for them. However, if you are gonna be taking supplements, you need to be doing your research. Where does that come from? Like, has it been tested? Um, because there's a lot of people out there on social media that just wanna make a buck, right? Oh, you wanna do a paid partnership? Push my, push my product. Okay. Well really how, how good at, how good is it? So, um, yeah. Do your research on the supplements you're taking, um, whether it's a protein shake or supplements.
0: Now for everybody out there, who's, who's, you know, we're talking a lot about your foods, um, for anybody listening out there, in your opinion, Megan, how much of it, when it comes to your wellness is food versus fitness?
1: Uh, like, I feel like it's like 80 90 percent your food um so take it from somebody like me who was medicated for 17 years of their life for obsessive compulsive disorder anxiety depression add adhd i had i had it all right um i take absolutely nothing anymore so the food is so much more your nutrition is so much more than just wanting to look good. It's got to be deeper than that. Like how do you want to feel? Because there are so many people who are struggling with mental health issues and it's a real real thing. But what if I told you what would happen if you cut out the excessive amounts of alcohol, the excessive amounts of processed foods, like your gut, right, um, is connected to your brain. So if you aren't feeding your body properly, you're probably gonna feel like shit overall. So um, don't just dial into your nutrition because you wanna look good, but do it because you wanna feel good because you love your, you you wanna feel good. So I always say the choices that you make today are going to determine the future of your health. I mean, um, I'm reading a book right now. It's called The Metabolic Approach to Cancer. And in this book, it's basically stating that 90% of the cancers that we're seeing today are from the poor lifestyle habits.
2: Poor lifestyle habits. And people need to start moving because it's funny. When you're working or you're hustling, you have a thousand things going on. All you're thinking about is making money. But when you're sick, the only thing you want is to get your health back. And a lot of and it costs even more money. You know. (laughs) It costs more money. Because once you become a diabetic, you have heart condition. Now you're on medication for life. If something were to happen to you, your kidneys are failing, your health is your wealth at the end of the day. And it sounds cheesy and people probably say it too way too much, but it's a fact. It is. And on yeah, so
1: people like and that's another thing, type two diabetes, right? We're in an, we're in a huge epidemic there. And it's like so many doctors, like um I have clients who have reversed their type two type two diabetes. My father reversed their type two two diabetes. And um a lot of, you know, doctors, right? We go to the doctor and it's unfortunate that so many people rather pop a pill and take that and put a band-aid on it rather than Hey, if you changed your lifestyle and changed the way you eat, you could reverse this. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't want to do that.
0: Why do you feel that is personally? Like, is it because of the laziness? They don't want to put in the work. Is it something else? Why do you feel based on the community from people you've worked with? Like, I'm sure at Um, first they probably give you some struggle with it.
1: So, um, I honestly think, and it makes me sad, um, like you see somebody, right. And you want to help them and you want to fix them, but not everybody is willing to give up the things that are hurting them. They aren't. And I think you really, really got to hit rock bottom. Maybe not everybody, but I would say some of my clients, like some of my um, sugar addict clients like, they, they know, man, like if I don't turn it around, I'm eventually going to have a heart attack. I'm going to die or I'm going to be having to be stuck on these um, medications for the rest of my life. And a lot of them don't want that. So those are actually the some of the clients that I love working with the most because I'll get on my first call with them. And I'm like, yo, you're going to die. If you don't turn it around, like get your shit together. And I'm, I'm upfront, but I think that's why people, I think that's why people like me because I don't really sugarcoat it much. Um, like one of my clients, um, he's, he's been with me for seven weeks. He's already halfway off his metformin, which is a statin drug for type two diabetes and down 35 pounds. And his goal is to be medication free. And I think that is a beautiful goal because it's not just like, Oh, I want to be fit and have six pack. It's like, no, I want to be able to run around with my grandchildren. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think. Uh, Another thing is our our culture, right? We want it now. We want that quick fix, man. And nothing good, right? It it doesn't work like that. A lot of people don't want to do the work. I think we've become too soft people justify their, their terrible behaviors. Um, Oh, I'm just going to have this. I'm just going to have this. I'm going to start my diet tomorrow. And then it's like this for the rest of like all of the time It's this cycle. And I think people just have to be honest and real with themselves and say, you know, what's important to me like my future, my kids or, or this short term yeah. high that is not doing anything for me.
0: So, Megan, based, based on your perspective and what people you've worked with, do you feel society is getting softer? Do you feel society is getting weaker? Do you, are you dealing with more issues when it comes to that that side of things? Are you seeing more of that?
1: Yeah. I think, um, our society is getting extremely weak and soft and, you know, everyone's justifying, like I said before, like, oh, well, I just did this one time and it's black and white. It's very apparent to me as a coach, uh, somebody who has been through the ringer, who knows struggle, who has had nothing, who has lost it all. I know, I know struggle, right. But I, I know what it takes to get out of that and to get to the other side. And it's work, it's commitment, it's discipline, it's dedication, and not everybody has it. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. No, and that's the thing. A lot of people now in our society, like you said, they want it easy. They'll rather take the fat burner to lose weight. They rather do all these different things. And instead of being committed and understanding that life is about compounding, it doesn't start Mm -hmm. immediately. You just gotta go and do it. How long would it take somebody, I guess, to see some results if they are serious and committed would it be like six 60 days 90 days like how long would it take under your program
1: i mean i have super sex successful clients like um like i had um one, one of my clients who just started up with me he's been with me for three weeks so I offer health coaching and then I offer health coaching and personal training. Um, I have had clients who just do the health coaching and some of them have lost up to 30 pounds in three months. My, my coaching program is three months. Um, this guy that I'm working with right now, he's been with me for seven months, seven weeks. He's down 35 pounds in, um, in in, in seven weeks, I do have some clients who don't lose as fast, but they're doing all of the right things. I think, especially women, I think women struggle, um, weight loss happens a little slower for them. We've got hormones and depending on how metabolically unhealthy you are, it can take time. Um, But at the end of the day, if you are committed and you are devoted, you will get results, but you have to be patient. You have to be patient.
0: Patience is the key, and I think that's one of the things that you are seeing when it comes to a lack of of uh, in in individuals where they don't want to they don't want to go through that that work and be patient to get the the result that they truly want to get, and they just want that quick fix, that instant gratification because everything's instant now, everything's quick, everything's handed to you through internet, through a text, through a quick phone call, through you know because of the enhancement of technology. Which, again, there's great perks about it, but there's also setbacks. And I think that people need to understand that, and I said this before, the three things that you cannot speed up in life is your business, your health, and your relationships. If you try speeding up your business, it will crumble, right? You'll get somewhere, yeah. it'll crumble. You try speeding up your, your health, what happens? You rebound. and then if you Or you'll hit a wall. And then if you start tr- struggling, um, you try um, taking the shortcut with um, your relationships, it's the same thing. So... I think those are the three biggest things when it comes to have to put time, patience, energy, and realize it's a compound effect, right? So, again, this is all mindset. This is all, you know, prepositioned things that people have gone through in life before, traumas, you know. But I think the biggest thing that people need to understand when it comes to learning the patience game is realizing that if you want something fruitful in life, you have to work for it. If you want something 100%. real, you have to work for it. If you want something sustainable, you have to work for it. And if you want to play the long-term game, you have to work for it. I don't like working with people that want short-term success. I like working with people that have long-term success. And I think that's the biggest thing is understanding when you're going to work with somebody, do you want short-term success or do you want long-term success?
1: Right. Right. Yeah. And I think as coaches, too, like, you know, we want the best for our clients, right? Like we can give you all of the tools and we're going to be your biggest cheerleader. But if you're not showing up, if you're not doing the work and being real with yourself, that's you're right. not going to get you're not going to get what you want.
0: No, you won't. You you definitely won't. And I think that that's what's going to really separate the individual, the work that you put in and the and the mindset that you come into it. Which the most important thing is, I'll tell you right now, also as a coach, I think that that's where you also do a great job is you know how to be relatable, you know how to be welcoming, you know how to connect well. And I think also too where coaches can improve on this is make the experience better. Show up powerfully for your client, right? So that way they also have a want to want to work hard because the way you show up for them, and I always say that connection happens because in order to get coaching um to where you want to get it with a client to help them get results it starts with the connection same thing with a client um wanting to put in the work it starts with the connection if you if you go in with a coach you don't connect well you're not going to get the best results so i always say the connection is key so as coaches do your job show up powerfully so you can connect powerfully with your uh client and for clients understand the most important thing is be coachable allow yeah, yourself 100%. To be coachable. if you can't be coachable you're not going to go anywhere yeah
1: right. if you don't if you don't want to uh be coached don't hire a coach
2: well a lot of people like to like to jump and skip instead of being coachable they think they're ready to the coach and they don't right. have the proper foundation and the information the knowledge to help people so it's it, unfortunate society likes to breed a lot of instant success you know someone can go on social media and pretend they're something when they're really not and i have the saying that over time people are going to find out if you're the real deal and where yep, will 100%. go out. it's
0: true so megan what sets you apart from other health coaches because i think a lot of people take this word health coach holistic and they think of this whole kumbaya this all this stuff and look i'm not saying look there's certain things certain tactics where okay cool but for me you know like especially you health coach like you're straightforward you're like let's fucking make this happen so for people what's going to set you apart from all these other health coaches
1: I think, um, I don't, like you said, I I'm honest. I don't sugarcoat things. Um, if someone comes to me, I'm brutally honest with them. Um, I'm also, um, a little, um, I don't preach balance this balance that I'm, I'm, I'm a ketogenic, um, life coach. Um, I, I teach people how to become fat adapted, um, so they can run off of stored fat as fuel, but I also work on, The relationship with food it's not just about uh, like when my clients come to me most of my clients come to me because well either sugar addiction or weight loss um but the first thing i tell them is i say look i don't want you focusing on the weight okay i want you to chase health keep that in, in in the front of your mind Focus on chasing health and then the rest will follow. Um, I think I also um, the fact that I have been through so many different struggles um, from eating disorders to being a young mom to a head injury to psychiatric drug withdrawal. um, I think I have so many different um, different um, niches and that that I can relate with people. Totally,
0: totally. And then look, most importantly, again, it goes back to that connectivity and you have that through your experiences and what you've gone through. And that's why you're driving tremendous impact. Biggest thing here is where can people connect with Megan? Where can they find you? Where can they get access to you? Where can they start working with you?
1: Yeah. So honestly, I would probably just go to my Instagram. I'm the most active on there. You can find me at Megan dot M-E-G-H-A-N-N dot Alice, just shoot me a DM and uh, we can go from there.
0: Love it, love it. You guys heard it now, Megan. We're gonna wrap it up with some fire, fire spitting questions out here. We're gonna close it with a bang. Let's make it happen. You ready?
1: Oh gosh, let's go! All
0: right, number one, <laughs> what is the craziest wildest experience you've ever had as, oh, a, as a coach with a client?
1: Oh, uh, hmm. Um, oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't think I've really had any crazy ones. Um, I've had you know, I, I've had a couple people bl- blow me off without friggin' sending me a text message. Or, and I've, I've been ghosted for a couple of weeks. So, I, but that's probably the craziest. Tell us a nothing, crazy one. I mean, you got
0: something hit in there.
1: Oh, my gosh. I really don't. I we really don't. Um, I, I mean, oh, I've had some male clients hit on me that I've had to put like total boundaries on. But that, that, that's about it.
2: All right, all right. Well, the next question, what's the single best piece of advice you can leave off our audience?
1: Um, all right, let's see here. Um, focus on, on, if you're in a situation or a position in your life where you want to lose weight, um, get, have it be deeper than that. Ask yourself why, why do you want to lose weight? Um, because I say, like I said to Anthony before, um, chase chase health, right? Chase health and the rest will follow. If you're chasing health, it's going to uh seep into all other aspects of your life.
0: Love it. Amen. Love it. Guys, you heard it from Megan and herself. Go get right. Go chase your health. Make sure you're putting in that work. And make sure you start with one thing from here that you learn that you can apply to your life. Not tomorrow, not the next day, but today. And that's going to create the compound effect for tomorrow. If you got value out of this podcast, I appreciate if you like, comment, subscribe, share. Drop a rating, leave a review, because the more love you show us, the more love we can show back. Till next time on the It Out Podcast. The recording has.